We all know what a deep hole the internet can be of a tremendous amount of misinformation and especially with medicine. So I personally think that the more physicians that are out there really putting true evidence-based medicine, regardless of your field, it really does all of us a service. Hello, and welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the lead coaches at Doc Working and one of the co-hosts of this podcast. And I'm really excited today to be joined by board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Marissa Tannenbaum. Marissa is also an associate professor of surgery at Washington University in St. Louis. She is the director of aesthetic surgery, and she is also the director of the residency program there as well for plastic surgeons. Marissa, the reason I wanted to chat with you today is you do an excellent job of getting out in the world with social media. I really love following you on social media to see what you're doing in work and life. And I know for physicians, from my own clients that I talk to, you know, all over the country, there can be a love-hate relationship with social media a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. And so I just want to talk a little bit about why you decided to use social media in your work and life and what it's doing for you. Yeah. So this is a great question and it's such a hot topic, I think. As a plastic surgeon, I do think that in my particular field, it really does lend itself to social media pretty well. Plastic surgery is very visual. And so, you know, when you think about all the different channels of social media, I think Instagram is probably the most popular for us. So for me, I certainly wasn't an early adopter. I had a lot of colleagues around the country that were using social media really, really well. And I was intrigued. And so I was on social media, but much more, you know, private account, really just more the typical share with your friends kind of social media. And I made a kind of a conscious effort about a year ago, actually, to kind of flip the switch and try to incorporate a lot more of my professional life. And I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do that in medicine. I'll just tell you what I did, and we can talk about some different ways if you want to. But what I did was try to kind of have sort of a combination of some professional advice with specific regard to plastic surgery. So surgery, non-surgical kind of aesthetics like skincare and injections and Botox and lasers and things like that, as well as kind of wellness. And I did that because I think it is a particular passion of mine, kind of wellness, fitness, health, nutritional eating, et cetera. That's a particular passion of mine that I love sharing. But I also think it lends itself really well to plastic surgery and a plastic surgery audience and kind of what they may be interested in. But then I also choose to share my personal life and my family. Not everybody does that. I think, you know, there are pros and cons to that. But the reason that I chose to do that is because I think that one of the elements of social media for me and branding is for my patient or my potential patients to get to know me as a person. I think in my field of plastic surgery, I think that that is a really important piece of it. You know, patients kind of feeling like they may have a connection with you, you know, they kind of like your style, if you will. And I think that that can be really important, maybe less important in certain fields, but really important in plastic surgery. And so that's sort of why I did it and a small piece of how I do it. 
That's excellent. Tell me a little bit about how it's worked for you to get rid of the silos of just work or just home and blend those a little bit. What's the impact or benefit overall on your brand, particularly and on your business? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And again, I definitely think for a lot of physicians, there's absolutely a role to say, I'm not going to bring any of my personal life into social media. And I think that that in a lot of ways is safer and just use it as kind of an educational platform. But for me, what I have found really nice about it is just kind of from my own benefit of just kind of showing myself as a whole person. And, you know, certainly as a plastic surgeon, that's really important to me. My career is really important to me. My patients are really important to me, but obviously so is my family. So are my friends. So is my home. So is cooking. So is, you know, wellness. And so, you know, in in a weird way, I think it almost, it's almost like my personal outlet of showing my whole self and kind of organizing myself a little bit. Like when I think about, okay, how am I going to post this month and what am I going to talk about? it sort of has shown me what is important to me. And it almost has shown me that, gosh, I, you know, if I ever had to retire from plastic surgery, what would I do? Like, these are the things that interest me. And so selfishly, it it has really helped me kind of develop that. And then of course, I think it does kind of show my patients or my potential patients that I'm a real person. Yeah. I love that. And I like, you know, one of the things we've talked about in several other episodes of the podcast are ways that we can, you know, a truly antidote to burnout. One of the things that we know is really important, it's been researched and studied, is having a, a clear definition of what matters to you. And so I love that a byproduct, maybe not an intentional byproduct, but an actual byproduct of you sort of taking on this venture of exploring social media is that it's helped you distill what matters to you in a way that sort of brings it more to the forefront, helps you to prioritize it, to blend it into that work and life integration. Not sure there's such a thing as work-life balance. That always feels like a tightrope to me, but the integrating of those two things. And so I think that's really great. Has it had any impact, positive or negative, on your business and on, you know, the bottom line, so to speak? Yeah, I think absolutely it has. I mean, I think there are certain subsets of, you know, potential patient populations that are more in tune to social media and others that are less so, you know, and of course, like any business, when you have a new patient, you know, on their intake form, they might check a box, like, how did you hear about us? And social media, I think has certainly grown, you know, quite a bit for all of us in plastic surgery, or I guess those who use it, but certainly for me, and again, there are certain subtypes of patients that I think grow more. I think you can use social media to try to tailor that too. I haven't really done that as much, but you certainly could. So if there was a particular type of patient that I really wanted to attract, I think, you know, really focusing on that in terms of patient education is a way to do that. Yeah, that's super interesting. And we're not even going to get to today, but people can research on their own, you know, how to use social media ads on Facebook or Instagram to really sort of narrow cast into that specific patient population. That's just an interesting area to play with. Any downsides that either you've experienced or that you've seen colleagues experience that we need to chat about if we're addressing well, absolutely. I mean, media. absolutely. The, the downsides are that you are putting yourself out there a bit. You're making yourself vulnerable. Now, if you do choose to really just kind of focus on patient education, which just as a side note, I think is almost like a public service to all of us in medicine. I think, 
you know, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent on this, but we all know what a deep hole the internet can be of a tremendous amount of misinformation and especially with medicine. So I personally think that the more physicians that are out there really putting true evidence-based medicine, regardless of your field, it really does all of us a service, not just the patients. And so, you know, starting with that, I think is a bit safer, but once you do start kind of going into the world of, okay, I am going to show a little bit more of my personal life. Obviously you are making yourself a little more vulnerable. You are kind of putting yourself a little bit more at risk to kind of trolls and, you know, different people kind of maybe some more negativity that can be challenging. And then you do have to be incredibly careful about HIPAA, obviously. So if you are kind of discussing any patient issues, or again, plastic surgery, we're very visual. And so we do have some patients who consent, you know, very specifically to allowing us to use their images on a website or social media. But of course you have to be incredibly careful about that. And I do certainly know colleagues who've been burned in that regard where maybe they haven't had the appropriate consent or something along those lines. And that's really, really not a place any of us want to be. The biggest thing though, I think is kind of those trolls, like, you know, just, I think the the more followers people gain, or I've seen colleagues kind of have to deal with some tremendous negativity, especially as they get more followers and, and trying to handle that professionally can be really challenging. One of the things that I hear from some of my physician clients is, yeah, I really want to do this. They see the benefits, particularly as you named it, the sort of, you know, really values-based way of reaching out to an audience of people with meaningful information and challenging yourself as a physician to do it in a way that's digestible for people in that broader audience. But they say to me, I just don't have time. (laughs) You know, this is just one more thing. So how have you been able to, because, you know, you're somebody who leaves the house at six o'clock in the morning to go begin a full day of surgeries in a very busy practice. How do you have time to integrate this into your life and work? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It is time consuming. And, you know, we talked about kind of a love-hate relationship with social media. There is a big part of me that hates it because it is kind of one more thing that I have to do. And there is a pressure to kind of go, okay, what am I going to post this week and coming up with new content and that sort of thing. I will say that certainly you can hire companies to help you, but unfortunately, I think one of the main benefits of social media is that it really is your authentic voice. And so, you know, I don't find that hiring somebody to do it for me is of value at all because really it has to be my authentic voice. And so, you know, maybe you could hire somebody to do small pieces, but you really do need to put your voice on it. And so the way that I have found it helpful to work it into my um, day or my week or my month is to use a scheduling app. And there are many scheduling apps out there. I'm no expert on which one is the best. The one that I happen to use is one called Planoly. I use just the free version. There are free and paid versions of all of these different scheduling apps. And what it allows me to do is kind of map out. So I'm mostly on Instagram. And, you know, again, we can talk about the pros and cons of the different platforms. But for plastic surgery, visual, Instagram is the one that I prefer to focus my time and energy on. And so Planoly helps kind of visually show you what your posts will look like if you want to schedule them out. Sometimes I'm really good and I try to schedule out for like a whole month. Normally I, you know, will do a week or so at a time and it allows you to kind of say, okay, I have an hour on a Sunday where I'm going to really focus on, okay, what content do I want to get out? And I'll use like just the notes app on my phone and think about topics that I want to talk about for the month. Like maybe 
a nutrition topic, a skincare topic, a product topic. I might know that I have some family events coming up. And so I want to say like, okay, I know I'm going to post a picture from, you know, that get together or that athletic event or something like that. And then I just start mapping it out. And once I do that and I put it into Planoly, it then, you know, frees you up to go, okay, I know I have those posts scheduled and I'm good to go. And then of course, as your day and your week goes on, you can kind of ad lib a little from there. But I do think using some type of a scheduling app to help you stay organized is a great way to start. The other advice is just to start slow and, you know, not put so much pressure on yourself. Start slow, have a few colleagues that are also kind of on board with you, you know, tagging each other, liking and commenting on each other's posts, I think can be really helpful. And then a nice side benefit of that is it does kind of help foster some of these relationships. Like I have plastic surgery, especially a lot of my women plastic surgeon friends around the country who I honestly maybe have never met or have only met a couple times in person, but I feel like they're my best friends because we really do interact and support one another online and on social media. And I think that's so much fun and so awesome. And so I think that's another great benefit. Yeah. All fantastic advice. And I hear from clients that were really reticent, physician clients, as they started kind of dipping their toe into it, it does get easier. I love using some type of light structure. You know, I think the planning software is excellent to do it. Setting aside just a little time on your calendar, keeping it in a container. You know, all my physician clients are perfectionists. So a lot of times I have to remind them that this is not surgery where we need to have a really perfect outcome. We can have a right. You don't, outcome. you can delete the post. <laughs> you can delete it if you don't like it. I think the other thing that is challenging for a lot of us in medicine is, you know, obviously a lot of our personalities aren't necessarily personalities where we want to be on camera or we want to, you know, show off and it can feel really inauthentic to kind of get on and like, you know, on live stories or something. And that just does take practice. You know, I personally, if I'm being honest, like I hate taking pictures of myself. I hate seeing myself on camera. Like I hate it. And so I'm not as good at that part. I'm not as good at like going on stories every single day and like walking you through my day. And I see other people do that and I go, oh, I I wish I was better at that. But the more you do it, you do get more comfortable, just like anything, right? It just, it's practice. Yeah. And I also think um, it's okay to give yourself permission to say, what am I comfortable doing? Like, what do I love about this? And letting that be your pathway. Because that's another thing, putting on my coach hat with some of my physician clients are like, I do want to use social media. You know, I do have an adolescent practice as a gynecologist. And so I want to have things that I can connect to. But, you know, it feels overwhelming to do Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snap. And so my advice is pick one. Yeah, pick one you love. If you love sharing ideas and debating, go on Twitter. If you love visuals and then use Instagram. If you want to be able to create private groups, you know, use Facebook. You don't have to use all of them. As a matter of fact, you're probably better off really highlighting one. Right. I I agree with you. I think you don't have to use all of them. And I think a lot of it is know your audience. And, you know, for example, you know, you mentioned kind of the trigger points, like if you love this, do this. And I think that's super key. I also think know who you're trying to target. So if your primary goal is truly patient education and you want to be really evidence-based and you want to share articles, Or maybe you want to mostly connect with other physicians. Like Twitter is a great one for that because you can really post full articles, links to articles. You can have that debate, that discussion, you know, so sort of from that academic standpoint, I think Twitter can be great. 
you know, and again, it more visual, more kind of reaching out to your patients with, like you mentioned, adolescent gynecology. There's another WashU physician who is a social media guru, Marta Perez. I don't know if you follow her, or you um, have seen her, but you should. She's so down to earth and loves kind of that patient education. And she uses Instagram and YouTube to kind of put together little educational videos, which I think can be so powerful in not only combating that misinformation that's out there, but also really just reaching a lot of people. It's great. And so, yeah, find what you feel most comfortable doing and then then think about the audience you're trying to target. And finally, I just want to address one thing that comes up, particularly for my clients who are those physicians like yourself who are in a practicing in academic medicine, because there's this dual pressure right now. Get out there, be approachable, use social media to build your brand so that people, you know, it's kind of the new way a lot of times people find their way in. But then there's also a lot of rules and fear <laughs> in this. And so we kind of have to admit that, right? The institution is telling essentially physicians and surgeons often to do the opposite thing at once. And that can feel like a squeeze for doctors. I know. I know it certainly does for me. I know, you know, an institution like Washington university is of course, as they should be extraordinarily protective of their brand and their legacy and their, you know, perception in the public eye. And so any institution, if it's a school, if it's a hospital system, you know, if that's your employer, you do need to really understand their rules on social media, you know, find them, read them, make sure you understand the rules. Academic medicine is, you know, it's very old. And the way that physicians sort of become really well known is by doing research and publishing and then speaking, you know, at national conferences and things like that. And that's getting well known within your physician community. But now social media has really opened the door to physicians being well known not just by the other physicians, but by patients and by others. And I think that using it in a really responsible way is great, but definitely understand the rules so that you don't get in trouble. Speak to your communications department at your institution. A lot of times, like I know at WashU, you know, they of course have their own people that do this. You know, they may want to help you. They may want to partner with you. But again, be a little bit careful about that because I do think if this is something you want to do and you want it to be effective, it does need to be authentically you. And so, you know, work with the communications team. Don't let them necessarily do it for you. I agree. When people have very busy and tight schedules, you don't want to spend time doing something that's taking up time that isn't really connecting and isn't really making that connection. So I think you're right and really trying to be strategic, have fun with it, stretch yourself a little bit and be willing to start slow. I think you gave us such terrific ideas and I really appreciate you being with us here today. It's my pleasure. Thank you all for joining us on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer. We want to remind you that if you do want coaching support right now, all you have to do is go to docworking.com and you can check out our coaching opportunities for you to get a certified coach who is experienced in working with physicians. Also, if you're not on our newsletter yet, you got to get over to docworking.com today and sign up. That's how you find out about all kinds of offers and resources that we have available to you. So until next time, thanks so much for being with us here on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe.
We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.